And it is good, um, it is good to be here. It, it's fun to see a young lady holding a baby, holding a baby. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so if you're not aware, we're in the fifth week of our sermon and our small group series called Alpha. We've been exploring some pretty impactful, I think, questions about Christianity and what it means to be a Christian. And today's question is no different. It's a tough one, actually, I think. How can I have faith? Has anybody here ever been in a place in life where you found having faith to be difficult? Right. And so I thought a good place to start our discussion about having faith is by telling you about how I lost my faith last Friday. It was a hard day. I lost a lot of faith. It was supposed to be like an easy afternoon because Fridays are my day not to work. Um, and I had to say that. I'm contractually obligated. <laughs> and so I decided, all right, I'll get my oil changed and I'll return my old Xfinity modem because um, we upgraded to the fiber. We figured they dug a giant hole in our yard without asking. We might as well get something out of it. And so we got faster internet. And being a nice Christian guy, I thought, like Xfinity, they said, you can mail this back, we'll pay for it, just take it to UPS, or you can drop it off at a store. And I'm like, I don't, I'm going to be nice, you know, there's a store in Independence, I'll just take it there, no one needs to pay postage, no need to involve anyone else, and so I'll just hit the, hit the, hit the oil change place and, and on my way and go to Independence, and that's my afternoon. So I stop in at the, GIF, <clears throat> at the fast oil change place. Um, and, and both the bays are open, it's like perfect, and I pull in, it's about 1.30, and, 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 but no one waves me in. And like I can see all the workers, they're standing there in the uniforms around this car, I don't know what they're doing, I'm not going to try to guess, but it was weird. And no one said anything to me, and I don't even know which bay I'm supposed to go in, and like I did the little thing where you like roll over and then back and then over the dinger on the ground, like maybe they didn't hear it. Um, finally, a lady comes over and she says, hey, I'm sorry, we're all on lunch break. Come back in a half hour. I'm like, you're all on lunch break at the same time? Yes. Okay. I'm a Christian guy, no problem. I'll just go do the modem first. So I zip over to Independence to the Xfinity store. It's, it's nice, too. It looks really cool. I'm way not the kind of person to hang out in there. And I, I see this guy. There's a guy in the front. And he's got a tablet, and he's doing this. And I say, hello, I would like to give you my modem. And he looks down, and he looks at me and says, that'll be an hour wait. And I said, no, I just need to, like, give you. And he says, oh, I can't take your modem. You have to give it to the person behind the counter, and there's an hour wait for the counter, but you can go to the UPS store and mail it for free. It's really quick there. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah, really. So I get back in the car, <laughs> and I'm going to go all the way back to Blue Springs and try the, the oil change place and the UPS store, which is like right there, and I think, wait, I have needed a new pair of shoes. And so I wanted, hey dudes, because my kids said that was how I could be cool. And I got my last pair at the buckle at the mall. And the way I work is wherever I shop for something first, that's just where you get that from here to eternity. So I was like, I'm at the mall, I'll go to the buckle. I go in the mall to go to the buckle to get my shoes. And the buckle is closed. 
and it's empty. Don't worry, they're just remodeling. <laughs> but I'm like, what? I can't. You're closed. <sighs> so I go back to the oil place, and I'm now told that, yes, they're open, but the bays are full, and there's a line, and it's going to be a two-hour wait <laughs> to get my oil changed. I didn't wait. <laughs> I went to the UPS store, and it took him like one minute. <laughs> He's like, oh, this? Yeah, here. I got it. Have a nice day. Five minutes from my house, two hours later. And when I finally did get my oil changed, do you think I went back to the place? No. Because I'd lost my what? My faith in getting a quick lube in a jiffy there. <clears throat> and if I ever have a problem with Xfinity, do you think I will go to the store to solve it? Probably not, because I lost my my faith in their in-person experience. And if I want a new pair of shoes from the buckle, do you think I'll go back to where the store is supposed to be? That's a tough one. It's the battle between OCD and faith. This is where I'm supposed to get my shoes. I'd lost faith. And it caused me to stop doing the things that I've been doing I've been going to this particular brand of oil place across three states, four states. And now I don't. Because I lost my faith. And in a way, that's the worry that Paul has for Timothy. And in turn, for Timothy's congregation. If you remember, it's been a struggle for Timothy. He's young. He doesn't see himself as a natural leader, and his, his mentor, his father in the faith, is in prison, dying for his faith. And some of the early Christians, they're starting to leave the church because Jesus hasn't come back yet. They're struggling themselves. Things are difficult, and there are others in their midst who are teaching and preaching false things, and they're leading people astray. And so Paul, in a way, is trying to remind Timothy not just how he might have faith, but how might he might help those around him have faith and keep the faith. And so that's what we're going to find in our reading for today, 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's verses 8 through 15. And it starts with one of my favorite words in Scripture. Remember. Remember, he says. That's a good place to start whenever you're struggling. Remember. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David, for that is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect so that they might also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure. You can trust this. And this is a hymn of the early church, by the way, that Paul is quoting. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains what? Faithful. 
for he cannot deny himself. So he says, remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good and only ruins those who are listening. Do your best, he says, to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. Avoid avoid profane chatter, for it will lead people into more and more impiety. Their talk will spread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, we do come to you like Timothy some days, struggling with our faith, struggling to remember how to hold on to you. We come to you like Paul some days. We feel all chained up, bound down, imprisoned, and yet we hold firm to what you offer us. We come to you, Lord, like Eleanor with a word on our tongue, singing your joys, Lord, in our own language. We come to you, Lord, today to hear a word from you. And so it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for praying with me, Eleanor. She prayed in tongues. Remember. Remember who you are. Remember why you call yourself a Christian, Paul says. Remember why you call yourself a follower of Christ and above all, Remember who Jesus is. Because Jesus is the Christ, he says, our Messiah, our Savior. He did rise from the dead. He did conquer death. Like, it did happen. And that means his promises are true, that they're trustworthy, that, that all, all, of, all of this, all of our bad Fridays, where everything goes wrong, they're not in vain. He says, this is the gospel, this is the good news, the true story. He says, this is the only story that matters, ultimately. But it is hard to hold on to our faith in the good news sometimes, especially with all the other news out there. It's It's hard sometimes to hold on to the only story that matters when there's a lot of stories being told, sometimes about us. And I think sometimes the hardest thing about our faith is the waiting, especially on those hard days. I mean, Christ promises us eternal life, eternal joy, eternal beauty, a kingdom where there is no more death, no more mourning, no more pain, no more two-hour waits for an oil change. And we can trust that. We can trust him. We can have faith in that promise. But when we have days like my Friday, or worse, some of us have had much worse days when nothing seems to go right, when every choice we make is the wrong one, when we try to do the right thing only to find out that that they wanted us to do the easy thing, when all the lines are long and it seems like we're just driving around spinning our wheels, when everything is broken, promises, relationships, our bodies we're left wondering, how can I possibly have faith 
How can anyone be expected to have faith on days like this, with a life like this, with a world like this? It's hard. I'm sure it was hard for Timothy as a young pastor, feeling like things aren't the way he thought they'd be, and maybe he isn't who Paul thought he was. I'm sure it was hard for those early Christians when the world wasn't magically better, easier, more hopeful. I'm sure it was hard for Paul, chained in prison, suffering. I'm sure of this because it's hard for me sometimes, some days. And I've got it way easier than Paul did, that's for sure. Imagine it's hard for all of us. Hard to keep the faith. But Paul does have a reminder for us. A reminder of what having faith really means. And and it breaks down nicely into three helpful reminders. Why three? Because it's the magic number. At least that's what Dave, Poss, and Mace said. And also because we are a Trinitarian people. So Paul reminds us and reminds Timothy of this early hymn. These are words that Timothy probably sung to help him regain, re-energize, renew his faith. He reminds him that our faith is in Christ. Our faith is in Christ. That Christ's promises will never fail. And that faith is actually an action word. Seems like a no-brainer. We'll start off with the first one, right? That our faith is in Christ. I mean, we call ourselves what? Christians, which really means little Christs. Christians. So yeah, our faith is in Christ, but it's really easy to shift our faith in Christ to faith in other things, even just other things in the church world, right? And then when those other things in the church world fail us, we lose, risk losing our Christian faith altogether. We like to put our faith in the institution of church, and we disguise it as our faith in Christ. And when the human institution fails us, and let's be real, the human institution of church has been failing Christians almost as long as the church has been an institution, right? I mean, it was failing Timothy. It failed during the Crusades. It failed during the Inquisition. It failed people groups again and again over time. And some might say right now that our denomination in different ways, the people of our denomination, of our institution, we're failing each other. This thing we have created, Methodism, is struggling. Anyone know someone here who isn't worshiping in a congregation, maybe isn't worshiping anywhere because of the struggles of a denomination or our denomination. I'm sure we all do. Sometimes we misplace our faith in Christ and we put it onto our pastors. And pastors are people. They wear the wrong shoes sometimes. They work on Friday just sometimes. Sometimes they're hurt, and we know what hurt people do. They hurt people, and sometimes our pastors hurt us. They disappoint us. They fail us. Sometimes they prey on us. That really hurts, and it can break our faith, and it can leave us faithless. Does anyone here know someone who has lost their faith because they've been let down or they've been broken by a pastor? 
Sometimes we misplace our faith in Christ as in faith as an idea, like a human doctrine, something that humans have brought up. Like one particularly divisive doctrine, right, involves women preaching. Sometimes we say our faith all depends upon whether or not this is or is not acceptable. And as a denomination, we do have women in the pulpit. We do that here. There are others that don't. Often it happens to come down to something that Paul said in a letter, the other letter, the first letter to Timothy. Now this is not a sermon on women preaching, so that, that, that would be a different one. And I'm a Methodist, so you know pretty much where I, where I stand. So are many of you. But who knows someone who's left the faith over a human attempt to understand Scripture? Or someone, maybe, who's been hurt by gender power relationships within a congregation of who can and can't do what? It can break your faith. It happened in, with one of the most famous female teachers around right now, one of the most popular, in a denomination that doesn't allow preachers. And some faith was broken over that. Sometimes we get really wild and we like to misplace our faith in Christ on the, the color of a rug, right? <laughs> or the placement of a pew or whether or not we're singing the right songs on a Sunday. Does anyone know someone who may have left a congregation over the color of a carpet <laughs> or the songs that have been sung on a Sunday? But Paul reminds us that our faith is not in the carpet, although this is really good carpet. Like, it's been around since this building was built. Our faith, though, is not in the carpet because it will wear away and has. Our faith is in who? Christ, the Son of God, who is God. Our faith is not in human things. Our faith is not in human beings. Our faith is not in the things that we've made Jesus into our faith is not in the institutions we've created. Our faith is not in the humans we've put on pedestals. Our faith is in Christ Jesus. Human, we, we like to divide each other, tear one another down. We like to disappoint one another, chain each other up. But Christ, Christ's promises will never fail. Carpets will fade Songs will go out of style. Sometimes the power goes out and the guitar, electric guitar doesn't play. <laughs> but Christ plays on. And there may be suffering in the world. There may be hardships in this life. There will always be places and people and businesses that let us down <laughs> in this world. <laughs> By the way, I don't want to call out Buckle. They actually had just moved temporarily down in the mall, so these shoes did come from the Buckle. <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't go anywhere else. Sometimes the promises of a jiffy aren't so jiffy. But Paul could endure all this suffering in the world precisely because of Jesus' eternal promise. And because Jesus suffered to bring us that promise, Paul says, that's why I can suffer. That's why I can hold on the faith in the midst of my suffering because I have a God 
I have a Savior who suffered for me. And that's when he sings. That's when Paul reminds Timothy of us and us of who Christ is and what he has done for us and what he means for us eternally. Why we hold on to our faith in him. He sings this hymn. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. And if we deny him, like Jesus told us, he will also deny us. If we have died with him, like if I want to be like, I want to encourage you to have faith. Am I supposed to talk about death, enduring, and denying? You wouldn't think so. But Paul reminds us, hey, your Savior went through all of those. He was denied. He was put to death. He had to endure. Because the world is broken right now. But you can have faith that it won't be in the time to come. There's no promise of an easy road right here. But if we've died, we will rise with him. But we have to die sometimes to rise. And we have to endure sometimes to reign. We may be tempted some days to deny what we know in our hearts and true, but there's a danger in that. If we turn from what we know to be true, what we have experienced is truth. If we turn from him, he will also turn from us on that last day. Finally, he said, we might be faithless sometimes, but he, Christ, remains faithful because he can't deny himself. He will not let us down. He will not close for lunch at random times, like just when we need Jesus, he's out to lunch, hanging out with the disciples around a car doing something. It's an accord, by the way, because they all are of one accord. Just when we need Jesus, he's not going to close up shop and move heaven down the hallway in the mall. He's not going to make us wait an hour just so we can give him. I'm trying to give you my life because it's yours, Jesus. He's like, hold on, I can get you in an hour. Jesus is here for us when we need him the most. Even when our faith fails, his faithfulness is steadfast. Which brings us to Paul's final reminder to us that faith is an active word. And really, in the Greek, it is. like The fact that we, we use this word, this English word, faith, um, does us a disservice in a way. Um, because I think a lot of times we think of faith as, um, as internal, right? Faith is something I think or believe. Oh, yeah, I have faith. Yeah, I believe that. I accept that doctrine. And that means I have faith. But the word in Greek, pisteo, it, it, it's, more than, it, it, it's more than just something we think or even something we feel. It's active. It's a response. Sometimes I like to think of faith as, if, if sometimes we like to put faith over here in the category of belief, like to have faith is to believe the right thing, really faith belongs more over here in the category to trust. I have faith. I don't just believe what Christ did but I have trust in what that means for me, for us. 
So Tim Mackey, I stole this, so I have to give him credit, but I thought it was just really good. Tim Mackey, um, he did the Bible Project. He's the scholar kind of in residence for that. He has a great illustration of faith. Like, I'm standing here, right? I, I can't see that, that there's a, 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 a stool behind me. I can't see it. But, but you can, right? Yeah. Like, if it weren't here, and I was like, and you're there, and I'm like, I have faith that there is a stool beside, behind me, and I try to sit, that's just ridiculous, right? Because there is nothing that says to me there's a stool behind me. But if I have a stool behind me, and I say, I'm, I'm going to ask you, like, is there a stool? Yeah, yeah, there's a stool. And you look kind of trustworthy. <laughs> like, some of you don't, I'll be honest. <laughs> but the fact that a lot of you all said yes, and some of you are, like, I, I can start to, so if I'm, like, here, and, and I'm, like, I'm going to sit on the stool, what will you say? Thank you. That was, <laughs> you do appreciate me. <laughs> So where do I go? Right. Right. Nope. Oh, oh. Here. Here. Do I want to back up? Right. If I. Right. It's right here. So if I sit, I'm good? One more right here? All right. All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> Was that trust? Was that faith? I believed you. I believed you, but I didn't do anything. I didn't sit. That's not really trust. That's just, okay, yeah. I appreciate you. <laughs> but am I good, by the way? Did I do that? But when I sit, oh, see, I got to do it without my hand. When I sit, now I've trusted you. I've acted on what I believe in you that you were faithful to me and helped me. That's faith. Faith is not just consenting to some long list of things that we say are true. It becomes faith when you trust what we say about Christ and what Christ said about himself and what the disciples and what 2,000 years of Christians have been saying about our Savior, what the Bible says. When you trust in that, and you act upon it. It changes your behavior. And even when the world around you who doesn't maybe believe in that, who doesn't trust in that, the people who believe in the world and the way the world says things work, they're looking at you saying, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. You say, no, I'm not. They're saying, you're hurting, you're in chains, you're in prison, that's all right. Because I know Wait, no. I trust what Christ said is going to happen when he comes back. I trust that he is coming back. I have faith. Even when I can't see the stool behind me, I have faith in all the people, in the book, in my Savior that says the stool is there. Amen.